Mountain believes every brand should be on TV, regardless of budget or size. That's why their self-serve performance TV platform takes the difficulty and expense out of connected TV advertising. With Performance TV, you get access to tens of thousands of audience segments so you can always find your target customer. Mountain serves your ads exclusively on premium streaming networks to elevate your brand profile and auto-optimizes your campaigns thousands of times a day to ensure you're always at peak performance. Visit Mountain.com to learn more. This week on the AW360 podcast, I speak with Peter Sein Wittgenstein, co-founder and creative director at Big Day. From his start as a television writer and agency copywriter to his present position at the helm of Big Day, Peter discusses the role creativity plays in our industry, the challenges of starting an agency during a pandemic, and the TV writing job of his dreams, all with an infectious amount of enthusiasm. I hope you enjoy this episode. Peter, welcome to the AW360 Podcast. I'm so pleased to have you on today. Awesome. Thank you, Richard. Great to be here. So you're Executive Creative Director at Big Day, the agency. Tell me about Big Day. Yeah, so I'm one of uh, I'm actually one of the three founders, um, and we started about two years ago. And, um, you know, we all came from these sort of big mothership agencies, you know, these big holding company firms. And um, the three of us, uh, Christy Brown and Ahab Nimri, had uh, in recent years, uh, while we were still at the big agencies, worked together on a number of projects. And we just really got along personally and professionally. And I think it's, it's you know, everyone in advertising is like, oh, I'm going to start my own thing. I'm going to start my own thing. And, and we kind of reached this point where the time is right. And we all kind of took the leap together. And, and what we decided to do was, was focus on what we love to do, which is, which is branding and campaigns. For us, that's the fun part. That's the hard part. And, and that's the part that we, you know, sort of keeps us up at night in a good way. And we decided to create this agency that sort of solely focuses on that. And, uh, you know, we've been fortunate enough to, you know, still, you know, to uh, sort of be growing uh, really, really well um, in, as we head into our third year. Well, I got to ask, and this kind of goes back to something you and I were talking about before I hit the record button here. How do you start something like this two years ago? I mean, either it, it had to have been right around the, the dawn of the pandemic there. Yeah, we were right in the middle of it. And it was one of those things where, you know, we were, um, you know, Christy and I were at a, a big holding company and we could sort of see a bit of the writing on the wall, like, hey, you know, there's, I don't know how much of a future there's going to be for us here. And we've been talking about this sort of, you know, for a while ourselves, like, you know, just sort of like, you know, happy hour drinks or whatever. And it's just sort of like the time we, we agree that the timing is never going to be right. There's always going to be something that makes it seem like now is not the right time. Or, I, you know, I have a, I have a kid, I have, you know, private school, whatever. And it's, it's never going to be right. And, and then when, when Ahab got on board, Ahab had his own, um, you know, small boutique branding agency and he was in, and he was willing to give up that agency uh, to be part of this, this new trifecta at big day. And we said, okay, well, we're, we're all we're all sort of sacrificing there's there's trepidation that's you know this was you know 2021 this was sort of middle of who knows what's going on in the world but yeah we just all agreed there's there's no good time let's just go for it uh, excellent I love stories like that because I I truly think that is one of the best pieces of advice anybody can give anyone else is you know the longer you put it off the less fun you're gonna have the less challenge you're gonna have the less your career is going to be interesting to you and that's really what it's all about I mean with a finite amount of time on the planet you might as well make it worthwhile um going back and just 
using the time capsule here just a little bit. You got your start as a copywriter. Is that correct? Yeah, I mean, in, in the ad world, actually, I got my start as a copywriter. Before that, I, I was actually writing kids cartoons. I was a television script writer. Wow. Yeah, I did a, I did a few years of um, yeah writing kids cartoons about it was called Hose Hounds about five wacky dogs who get into misadventures and um, it was it was like on you know Disney Channel that kind of thing and, sure. and it was up in, on, on in Canada and that was sort of my thing coming out of of university I, I knew I wanted to be in advertising or I wanted to be in like TV and film and write scripts so I started in TV and. And I, I, I and and that was going well. And then the, the sort of the nature of freelance television writing is feast and famine. And I was like, oh, okay, I'm kind of in a famine stage. And I took a freelance job at uh, McCann in Toronto, and just loved it. I just love the the quick turn nature, the sort of the competitive nature of like, hey, the best idea wins. I really like that. And um, so I started as a you know as a as a junior copywriter, and I sort of worked my way up. And then about. Oh gosh, it was probably about three years in. I still had this itch to, you know, to say like, yeah, maybe I should be in TV. You know, maybe I should be in TV. So I, I sort of quit, packed up my bags, and drove across to LA and did like the super cliche, like I'm a writer moving to Hollywood with a script. And um, and when I got there, I just realized that I liked advertising more. I just, I just, I was sitting down there and I'm like, I don't want this bad enough. I, I kept, I was buying books on advertising while I was sitting in in Hollywood trying to like find an agent. And, and that was it for me. I was just like, I love advertising. I love, you know, I love, I love the, I get, oh, like I said, the competitive nature, but also the camaraderie writing and writing TV is, is kind of a solo affair. Uh, I, I just love the, the teamwork that's involved in bringing a great idea together. Uh, and I found that in advertising. So I moved back and uh, yeah, worked my way up the copywriting ranks uh, to, you know, a, you know, ACD and CD and, and away we go. And what kind of clients were you writing stuff for? Um, so when I when I started, I was writing for um, I was I was on the digital arm at McCann, um, and so I was writing for all of uh, GM. So I was doing a lot of GM copywriting for their website and like banner ad campaigns. And this was back when when digital was at the at the kids table, right? When everyone was like, "Oh, digital, just take our TV spot and put it online, and and you're done." And obviously the tables have turned, but yeah, I was writing for uh, for GM. I did stuff for Nestle. Um, so, you know, Pepsi, Pepsi QTG. So I, I was very fortunate that early in my career, I was exposed to these big brands and how they operate, you know, just that, um, you know, the challenges involved in, in working through the different layers of approvals and the politics involved. And, and that was something I really enjoyed because it, it's cool. It's cool when you're, you know, a junior or mid-level copywriter and you see something online or you see something on TV that you had a part in. That's really sort of fulfilling and satisfying. So, I was lucky in that I started, uh, I sort of, you know, cut my teeth on big brands. And then, um, you know, with Big Day, um, you know, we, we, I was sort of came in thinking, oh, we're going to get these, you know, sort of smaller companies. But but really, we've had we've been fortunate to have a mix of, of some really big names that uh, have put their faith in us, which is great. And so the work you're doing now, I understand you've already won awards. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. So we, uh, our first ever <laughs> award show was we we entered the Marcom Awards, and we were very fortunate that our work for for Hexclad, for Casper Mattresses, and for Guru, which is this really cool SaaS company, yeah, uh, you know, won a bunch of platinum awards for for our out of home work and for our television work. So yeah, so we're we're off to a, a good start. Amazing. And when it comes to sort of the the mantra of big day versus big agency. How does it really differ in your mind? You know, because if if it's really still the big clients, how different does it really get? 
I think, you know, I think it, it gets different just in terms of layers. You mm -hmm. know, we, we came up in the pandemic. We don't have, we, we currently, we don't have an office space. That's an advantage to us, you know, so we can be a little more nimble, a little more competitive mm -hmm. when it comes to bottom line pricing. But I think like anything, it, it, it honestly, and that's, this is sort of the biggest awakening for me, you know, now being part of ownership of an agency is it comes down to that one-on-one -on -one connection with with the client the potential client on the phone on the call on the zoom whatever it is like we it's it's just at big agencies you know as a creative you're brought in on like you know let's say month three of the pursuit and you don't have that time to be like oh these these people are really invested in us like as owners as founders of the agencies we've had clients who are saying whoa i didn't think the you know the founders would hear i didn't think you guys would care about this you know we're just you know x company um, you know, and the, and the big ones expect it and that's fine. But I think what's, what's really cool is that a lot of it comes down to personal relationships and, uh, being a smaller agency, we can really give that one-on-one -on -one attention that you just, you can't do at a big agency because of allocations, billable hours or whose role it is. So I, I think there is a, a, a definitely, um, truth in the fact that there is, is higher touch service when it comes to being a smaller agency. It must be pretty good to spend your days presumably being as creative as you want to be. I mean, is, is unless I'm, you know, completely reading around. I mean, there's all kinds of things that go along with, you know, running your own agency, obviously, but to really have your hand in it all the time has got to be pretty rewarding. It's great. It's great. And honestly, I mean, I think, you know, our mantra is kind of like no jerks allowed, right? So I, that's, <laughs> that's on our website. That's for who we hire, but it's also for who we work with. You know, we've had to, you know, part ways with some, some clients who were just not treating us right, you know, and, and, and that's not something that we want our employees to be exposed to because that, that's the type of thing that can taint an employee, can taint a culture is if it's like, oh my gosh, we have this call tomorrow with so-and-so and everyone's nervous, everyone's frazzled. And I had that, uh, you know, in every agency has that, you know, that, that sort of client that sort of rattles the cages and, and that's fine to a degree, but when it becomes disrespectful, that's where we draw the line. And we can do that now, which is awesome. We don't have to just suck it up and say, oh, this is my job. I got to, I got to, you know, step into the, you know, go into the salt mines and deal with this. But, but yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, I love the fact that, that, you know, I can switch gears between, okay, well, let's, let's talk about, you know, generating PR. Let's talk about, um, you know, marketing ourselves. Let's talk about health insurance to, hey, you know, we got like, super senior people working on this super fun brief let's let's knock it out of the park and and everyone's on the same page everyone wants to hit that that higher level and and really sort of compete at the at the global agency levels like we can outdo them and 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 that's again what i like about advertising you know typically the best idea wins and that can come from anywhere that you don't need to have a fancy sort of madison avenue address to deliver absolutely and what would you say are the challenges right now and looking ahead, what might they be down the road for you? Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, in the past few years, um, you know, finding, finding good people has been a challenge. Um, you know, obviously the, you know, the bad news coming out of the tech space, there's a lot more people on the market now, which is, you know, you know, unfortunate for them. Um, but, but op opportunity for them to find a landing spot in, in somewhere different, you know, go from a big behemoth, like a Twitter and, and and maybe find your space in a smaller agency where you can have more influence and have more say. So I think, you know, I think resourcing is definitely an issue. Um, and, and I think, um, yeah, I think just, just sort of getting our name out there for us, we're, we're still only two years old, you know, we're, we're, you know, a little blip on the, on the radar. So I think that's something we continue to 
you know, the, the three, you know, the, us three founders, we, we talk about it weekly. It's like, what are we going to do to, to raise the stature of our agency? Because, you know, we're, we're in San Diego. We're, we're, you know, not the, definitely not the marquee city in, in California, but it's growing exponentially. It's getting more popular and, and really, and truly location doesn't matter anymore. So we're trying to find ways to elevate our, our, our presence, uh, you know, on the East coast and things, things like that. So when it comes to that, this is just kind of as an aside because you brought it up. How do you deal with that? I mean, is it kind of a virtual meeting thing? Are you actually flying out to the East Coast and meeting people in person or a little bit of both? Yeah, it's it's a it's a little bit of both. Right now, it's all virtual. Clients don't mind. Everyone's used to it now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one of our you know uh, one of our clients, Guru, they're in Philadelphia. They they found us because they kind of liked our vibe. They liked our work. It didn't even matter. I mean, their their team was was distributed as well. They were in San Francisco. They were in Philly. They were in the Midwest. It didn't matter. Once you get over that initial uh, hesitation, um, then then it doesn't matter. And I and I think that's been the greatest thing for us being in San Diego, always kind of being like the little you know the you know the the second second citizen to to L.A. the big behemoth, and it's like oh San Diego. Um, you know, what, what are you really bringing to the table? But now it doesn't matter. Now, now people are just looking at your work, looking at what you stand for, looking at what your culture is. And it's, it's, it's basically geography agnostic, which is, which has been great. Yeah. The, the internet still being the, for now, the great equalizer that, you know, we hoped it would be in, in some areas, at least anyway, Absolutely. you know, when it comes to things like platforms, how, how do you work with that? I mean, there, there's so many different places, so many different touch points that every brand seems to feel the need to be on now whether or not they really do or not is debatable depending upon who they are and who they're trying to you know reach but when it comes to that there's there's so many different places so many different pawns to play in as it were yeah absolutely and that's and and that's a you know it's a really interesting topic for us because we work with a lot of dtc direct to consumer uh, you know companies like you know casper's one hexclad is this great cookware company that you know gordon ramsay's aligned with and we work with you know small ones, big ones, everything in between. And the thing that we're we're finding is that a lot of companies that sort of got hot during the pandemic on you know using Instagram ads or Facebook ads, they're kind of still they're still throwing money at that. And and it's great, it's still working. But you know as that audience pulls back, as the audience gets fatigued of your message, the only thing left you can do is lower your prices or just keep trying to throw new products at them and saying, hey, you have this now. What about this? What about this? And what we're working with our clients with is saying like, hey, your brand has to exist outside of these, you know, of out of the Instagram, out of the Facebook, out of the TikTok. Those are great. You, you guys built your business on that. That's awesome. It's time to level up and ladder up and take your brand to a broader audience. We recently, you know, helped a client to de- develop, you know, their first ever brand awareness TV spot. And they ran it during the World Series. And it was amazing. They got... You know, their their website was flooded with, you know, presumably new customers, customers that had never heard of them on Instagram or Facebook. And suddenly this is a whole new like oasis of potential customers who could be customers for life. And, and that's what we try and encourage people to do is just just be smart, do what works. But you have to experiment and go out of your comfort zone, the comfort zone that built your company, which I get is very hard yeah. into different kinds of areas. So. Uh, you know, we're full, you know, we're a branding and campaign agency. We're fully behind building your brand and you can't build your brand only in two or three channels. And speaking of technology, I have to ask the obvious question just because it's been the hot topic for the past nine months for better or for worse, real or otherwise. What about the metaverse? What, what are your plans there, if any? 
Yeah, a metaverse. Yeah, I. You know, we 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 work with partners who deal with the metaverse, and some of them are like, and this is what they do. They do things in the metaverse, and they're like, we still don't know what it is. You know, it's <laughs> it's anything. It's everything. It's nothing. You know, it's it's. We we work with events, and they're like, oh, can you? You know, what if we did something on the metaverse? And we look into it. And the cost is is was for them. It was it was a bit a bit rich, and we agreed. We're like, this isn't going to be worth it. You know, no. um, personally, I don't fully understand the metaverse. You know, it it feels a bit like this kind of like virtual chat room with you know like people playing for stature by getting you know this land grab of of, of virtual space. So you know, we're not we're not currently we're not really leading our clients down that path. Um, but we are keeping an eye on it. We like to stay informed because it could switch at any moment. Obviously you know, meta is throwing billions at it. So we, you know, something will happen with it eventually, but right now it's just, it's just not viable. The, the ROI just isn't there. And that's what we want to be responsible. You know, we want to be responsible to, you know, for, to our clients for, for putting their money in the right place. And it's just not right now. It's, it's just more about bragging rights in the metaverse um, versus actual results. And, and a lot of our clients, especially heading into a potential recession, it's just, it's just not about bragging rights. It's about let's, let's get our brand working harder and smarter. And what advice would you give to brands now that, you know, it looks like a recession is pretty much inevitable. I mean, they say there is one in, you know, other regions of the globe, but you know, we're definitely facing something like that here. Does that change how you approach things both on the creative side and, you know, just all the way around? Yeah, it, it does. I mean, I think one of the things is just reassurance. Like a recession isn't the end of the world. It's hard. It's devastating for some people, but you know, really, you know, the average recession, I think since the second world war has been about like 11 months, you know, so we're going to come through it is going to go, you know, it's going to be next Christmas before we know it. Um, so I think one thing to do is is just not not to panic, not to suddenly slash your prices, you know, because then then when we come out of it, you can't go back. People are just trained to wait for that offer, wait for that sale. So I would say, you know, keep up the ad spend, but maybe try, you know, fishing in different ponds, you know, like like previous example. If you're on if you're on Instagram, Facebook and TikTok, try some digital TV, you know, with with services like Hulu, you know, it's 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 not prohibitively expensive. But it could yield a new pasture of, of, of customers that you can mine that, that you didn't have before. Instead of trying to just constantly paying more to find less audience that you've sort of already, you know, potentially uh, hit up a number of times, um, you know, go try new channels. So that, that would be my one thing. Try, you know, try sponsoring a podcast. Try just try different things during this sort of time where, you know, you can reallocate from oversaturated channels to less saturated channels. And I would say also, you know, I, I said, don't lower your prices, but that doesn't mean you can't repackage your existing offering. You know, like, um, you know, if, if you're selling something in a set of four, sell it in a set of two, you know, make it make it a little more accessible, but you're not slashing your prices. You're just you're just uh, making it easier for people to engage with your brand. Excellent advice. Well, Peter, it's been wonderful talking to you. You have an infectious enthusiasm and I have one parting question for you that you sure. may or may not want to answer, but I'm just uh -oh. curious. Is there a show out there right now that you watch that you think, man, I wish on the side I was writing for this? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I mean, it's it's I mean, my all time favorite show. It's not on right now. But I mean, I Frasier to me is like the the holy grail of, of like sitcom. <laughs> All <television>. right. <laughs> I mean, to me, there's I could watch. I. I still watch them almost every week because I'm just like some of the lines, some of the scenarios, the character development. To me, that's that's as good as it gets as far as, as sitcom writing. 
Yeah, well, I mean, I'm a I'm a Seattle born Seattle native, so you know, I mean, even though it was never really shot there more than once or twice, you know, I I everybody everybody watched Frasier. Absolutely yeah, love that I'm, answer. I'm nervous about the new the reboot. Those always make me nervous. But yeah, we'll see yeah, a little bit. Well, I appreciate you taking the time to be on today. It was great talking to you. All right, thanks so much, Richard. My pleasure. Thanks for listening. For more content like this, be sure to check out Advertising Week's year-round content offerings at www.advertisingweek.com. As a marketer, you know it's crucial to spend your budget wisely. Mountain's self-surf connected TV marketing software helps you do that with data-backed insights that take the guesswork out of measuring your ad's impact. With Mountain, you can track your connected TV ad performance in real time and see how it compares to your other channels with leading web analytics integrations. You can even see who's visiting your website or making purchases after watching an ad, regardless of what household device they used. Visit Mountain.com to learn more.